welcome to the Privilege Eruption podcast with me, Ishreen Bradley, Chief Inspiration Officer at Belonging Pioneers. And me, Kami Nuttall, founder of Culture Lab Consultancy. Privilege is a conundrum that dilutes the culture of fairness at work. And as a leader, you recognize that your organization has more to do. You want to create success through connection and belonging, and you're unsure about how to make it happen. Now, the Privilege Eruption podcast is where you have the opportunity to evolve breakthrough thinking about the impact of power, privilege and purpose and how that shows up at work. And in these podcasts, you will gain the courage and confidence to realize a culture of inclusion for all. So welcome to the Privilege Eruption podcast. This is a podcast by Belonging Pioneers and the Culture Lab Consultancy about the questions and ideas around the hidden barriers to achieving our diversity, equity and inclusion goals. This is where we erupt the constraining impact of privilege and explore new possibilities in the context of shared power and purpose. This is where we explore and test out ideas with amazing guests who have done or are doing the work. I think organizations that are committed to creating a level playing field will do some introspection, right? They'll look at where, how they got to where they got to, the conversations we had about purpose, the conversations we had about power, and the conversations we had about privilege, all those three elements influence the level of privilege and the lack of a level playing field yes. at work, I think. you know. So you want to look at what are the structures you have in place in your organization that prevent a level, level playing field. You want to look at what's the impact of that now. What's the impact of your historic um, systems and structures that you just mm. carry on because they've worked, they've worked, but they've worked for typically white men. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's great. But then what's the impact on your organization of not having the skills and the talents of diverse staff what what's the impact you know um harvard business school say this don't they very plainly that we're in this uncertain world volatile uncertain complex ambiguous world um where you actually need so many skills that you get through diversity in your workforce and you know even if you don't want to cause a privilege eruption because it's the right thing to do you want to cause a privilege eruption because it's going to ensure your organization sustainability and your organization's longevity because without that what what harvard says and you know i'm not mm. i'm just saying what they say is that without that your organization's going to die and we've seen so many long standing organizations die because they failed to do this Yes. And, and, you Sorry, know, that was a bit of a rant, right? A rant is fine. A rant is fine. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, and I think actually if we, again, just, just link it back to organisation culture, is that the problem with meritocracy is that it, it invites people who look the same, sound the same, think the same, um, do the same. And it's all about culture fit. Yeah. And, you we, know, I, I, I think... F- from the old world kind of 
sense where it was more process-driven, I think that makes sense because you're after efficiency over effectiveness. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when we're all the same, we can think faster, we can get things done faster, and, you know, it kind of makes sense. But the trouble is you have everybody who thinks the same. So if, if a shock comes, if something unexpected happens, then you're not able to cope. Sure, yeah. Mm. So, so where do we start with this? Do we start with education? Do we start with, you know, what, how, do we get, how do we get these conversations started, do you think? I've well, got, in, I've got a, a case study in my mind. Yeah, right? good. So, that, that, yeah, and I want to hear that case study. So I'm going to look at invisibility denial um, from two perspectives, right? So how do we get started? So we're going to come back to the organizational example. But first, I want to give you some tips if you're interested in moving beyond invisibility and denial for yourself. Um, the first thing is to explore and learn about your own privilege, right? Learn about your history, the, your ancestors, um, what, what did they do? Um, what structures got created out of their experiences and what impact has that had on people who are less privileged than you are? You know, those structures of privilege, the invisibility, the denial that you had, what impact has that had on people who are less privileged than you are now and on people who were less privileged than your ancestors were at that time. And that, I think, helps you to move beyond invisibility and denial to really starting to own your privilege at a conscious level. Okay, And then you personally will have agency in creating that diverse talent base in your organization. Mm. Now, um, when it comes to the organizational transformation, it's a similar kind of process, right? Mm. You look at who are the founders, what's the history of your organization, what pillars is your organization built on, what structures were implemented at that time that are still here today, and how is that preventing a privilege eruption, yeah. what impact do those structures have on people who are behind the starting line when the race starts? And um, how can the organization start to own its privilege and work in a way to create a level playing field mm -hmm. rather than a meritocracy that assumes everybody's at the same point in the race. And, and Kami, I think you've got a great example to give yeah. of some well, work just, we're doing at the moment there. This reminds me of the work we're doing with an Oxford University College, and we're helping them redress their legacy as an Oxford College, you know, redressing the impact of structured racism. And where we're starting point is, is really we're starting with education. You know, mm -hmm. we're starting with raising awareness and helping people self-reflect. So helping those who are engaged with that process to understand more effectively the impact of topics such as tone policing, whataboutery and criminalization amongst other topics. And what I take from this is that actually this is, these are important conversations to have at work because they're not happening at all. Yeah. You know, and, and we're not creating safe spaces for people to be able to have these conversations. We're not enabling individuals to, to be able to explore these concepts in a meaningful mm. way. Yeah. And what strikes me about that process that we go through is that um, 
people who have privilege based on their color or their background, um, and there are a lot of people um, who have those kinds of privileges at Oxford, right? Mm. They, they really want to learn. They really want to move beyond what has constrained them from uncovering their privilege as a result of their upbringing and the, the benefits they've had out of the families they've been born into. And they, they genuinely are taking on the information. And I'm, I've been so blown away by some of the, the comments they're making and the commitments they're making. Yeah, no, absolutely. And these are our future leaders, aren't they? So yeah. again, another, another privileged uh, career path for, for many of yes. us. So, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. So, Ishreen, I think we're near the end of our time together. So perhaps we can leave our listeners to mm. you know, um, with, with some takeaways. What, what would be your takeaways? For, from this so, episode? yes. So for me, here's what I would like to say is that privilege can be a block to progress. But it also has the power to transform when it's put to good use and it can cause a privilege eruption that actually enables your organization to lead in its sector to deal with this volatile, uncertain, complex, ambiguous world and include diverse talent, whether that's based on their race or their gender or their ability, um, because those people all bring huge value to the creativity and the innovation and the sustainability of your organization in terms of how it operates, but also in terms of how it serves its customers and audiences and how it finds the best suppliers. You know, I think, I think if you can cause a privilege eruption, it's obviously it's the right thing to do, but it's not just about doing the right thing. It's also benefiting the organization mm. and the individuals in the organization. And I think that's especially when we're meaningfully connected to our purpose and why we're doing this, that helps to break down the resistance and the power structures that can get in the way of progress. Absolutely. Really important messages there. And I think I'd leave our listeners with sort of just to reflect on, these are hard conversations. They're not easy. Mm -hmm. We're all navigating them. We all are doing the work, if we're doing the work, that is. Um, so I invite, you know, our listeners to just hold a bit of compassion for the self, for, for ourselves and also for others. Yeah. You know, so compassion is such a powerful um, emotion Yeah, that if we can just connect with that, then, you know, we can take pause mm. and invite some reflection. Yeah, definitely. So we're now at the part of our episode where we're going to answer eight questions submitted by listener. So this week's question is, where does responsibility and accountability lie? And how do we speak truth to power, particularly if we're an underrepresented person and we want to call out unfairness? What do you think, Ishreen? Well, I think it starts with really learning to value yourself. If you're an underrepresented person or anybody, it's really um, having strength in who you are. Mm. Right. So that you're unmessable with that's that's the first thing is who is the authentic you and what do you stand for? What are your values? What's, what are you passionate about? What's your purpose? Once you have that as a foundation, mm. you can 
you can challenge anybody and actually you can choose where you want to challenge because often, so say for example, somebody um, did a microaggression with you. Say they called you by uh, another name. So say there were two people of color in the organization, uh, Ada and, and Janet, and you're Ada and they called you Janet. And that's a microaggression that can be very offensive, right? Mm. You need, once you know who you are, you can decide for yourself, am I going to call this out or not? Do I want to call this out or not? And there'll be many factors about that inform that decision. But ultimately, because you're strong in who you are, you can choose. Mm. Mm. Right? And when you speak from that place, people will listen. Yeah. And, you know, you'll set the context for the conversation, you'll set your outcome, and then you'll have a structured conversation. And that's one of the things we'll be covering in a future episode as well. Yeah, that's nice. So from the individual perspective, that's really nice. So I'd, I'd, I'd bring a slightly different organizational perspective on this. Great. In that it's got to start with leadership accountability to create systems and processes and practices in the organization that enable people, particularly people from underrepresented groups, to speak up and to speak to power. And, you know, that may mean actually bringing in automated systems or, you know, e-systems that uh, technology apps that enable anonymous reporting in the workplace. Yeah. Yeah. There's no point, in my opinion, just relying on a whistleblowing policy and expecting everyone to know how to use it. No, Most people will not use a whistleblowing policy. No, because no, because it's it's a big thing to do. Yeah, yeah, and and, and they and the, can't they can't tell the difference, can they, Cami, between a whistleblowing policy and a com- a formal complaint? Well, th- th- you might have an organisation um, invite somebody to use a whistleblowing policy to actually make a complaint. That has happened. I have seen that happen. Yeah, but um, you know, I think I think the other thing is 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 we don't have a place to perhaps recognise and report microaggressions. Yeah, and yeah. this is why safe reporting mechanisms are needed. Yes, absolutely. So definitely, so, people start looking at what you can use there. Yeah, and if we're truly a purpose-driven organisation, you know, connected with purpose, understanding why it's important for people at work to be able to speak up. And when I'm talking about speaking up, I'm talking about psychological safety. I'm not talking about mental health. I'm talking about the ability yeah. of individuals to safely speak up their truth yeah. without repercussion or fear of whatever that might mean yeah. for that particular individual. We create, we take all of those components out by creating an environment where people yeah. are just able to report. And yes, okay, you might get some who send in reports who that are not... Um, you know, worth investigating, or or you might consider immaterial, or but that's none of that's that, that none of that's the point. Yeah, the yeah. point is you're first of all creating a mechanism to invite those people to report in. Yeah, brilliant. So number one, know yourself and be strong in yourself. Yes. Number two, as an organization, implement a system that people will take part in and yeah. perhaps use technology for it. And number three, make sure it's psychologically safe for them to do that. Perfect. Those are the three things. Absolutely. Fabulous. Thank you, Cami. And thank you for the question. Yeah, thank you for the question, listener. 
given this level of discomfort with privilege and the need to understand the wider concepts of privilege, Belonging Pioneers are doing some research to explore and understand individual experiences of privilege, whether you're black, white, female, male, uh, somewhere in between, abled, not abled as much as everybody else, whatever your kind of privileges or underprivileges, please do support us in increasing understanding of privilege as a broader concept so that we can all start to steward our privilege for the benefit of our fellow human beings at work. You can find the link to a survey that we're doing as a part of this research in the show notes. Please do go to the show notes, click on that link and complete the survey so that we can increase the body of knowledge about this highly misunderstood area by providing more data and information. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for joining us. Our intention is to bring you new insights about the impact of power, privilege and purpose at work for you and for your organization. You can check out our episode description for social media accounts and don't forget to send in your questions and you can send those to our email equitychampions at belongingpioneers.com. We look forward to sharing more about power, privilege and purpose at work with you on this podcast. Now, if you got value, please remember to share it with your networks. Please leave us a review. And as Cami said, please do remember to send us any questions that you'd like us to discuss on this podcast. And we'll see you next time. Next time. Bye.